0: You're listening to PetLiferadio.com.
1: Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place because it's time to win with dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Hey listeners, it's Raquel. Thanks for being with me again on Win With Dogs. Today, I'm excited to let you know that we are speaking with an animal communicator. My guest today is Tim Link. He is an author and he's a speaker. He works full time now as an animal communicator. He was in the real world of working and decided to branch off into animals, which is much more fun as you all might imagine. (laughs) Anyway, he has great information to share. I'm going to ask him all kinds of great stuff about communicating with animals, building better relationships, coping with the loss of uh, your pet. And one thing that's really close to me is his work with Reiki. All of you all know uh, that I also am a Reiki practitioner and do a lot of hands-on work and totally believe in its validity with animals helping with the behavior and temperament so anyway we're going to take a quick break we're going to talk with tim link animal communicator and author of wagging tails so don't you go away we'll be right back hey don't you go anywhere we'll be right back to win with dogs right after this quick water break
0: Only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win with Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on PetLife Radio. Ow, ow. Welcome back to the show. As I said before, we're talking with Tim Link. He's an author, writer, speaker, and president and CEO of Wagging Tails, full time animal communicator. Tim, welcome to the show. I'm so pleased to have you with us today.
3: Well, thanks. It's great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity.
1: Sure, and now I'm reading over all your stuff, and you learned that you could communicate with animals in 2004. And I'm wondering what kind of a moment was this when you realized that that was actually taking place?
3: <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, quite a shocking moment. Uh, you know, it, it was one of those things that sort of took me by surprise. Uh, I always had a love of the animals, and always enjoyed being around them. Uh, my wife and I have been together for been married for 23 years, and we've we've had a whole host of different animals from dogs, to rabbits, to birds, to fish, to turtles, you name it, we've had it in our household. But I never really knew I had this deep connection. It never really presented itself until uh, 2004. See, at the time, I was uh, uh, sort of doing what I thought everybody was supposed to do. I came from a a modest means family. I managed to get to college. I paid my way through college, worked very hard, and I started a career in uh, telecom. Uh, selling telecom uh, IP products and software. So basically, all those fun little uh, gadgets and games and videos and all that good stuff that you see in cell phones today—that's yeah. what I was. Yeah, that's what I was selling. And my job was to go around the world and make major presentations to uh, CEOs and executives of telecom companies and try to convince them to spend twenty to thirty million dollars with me to buy some of this technology. Mm-hmm. And finally, in uh, February two thousand four, it was my wife's weekend birthday. And there was this little half day workshop that came to town here in Atlanta. And the workshop was designed to, uh, first of all, teach us how to sort of center ourselves, get rid of that monkey mind, you know, all that clutter that's in your mind. Uh, I call them little sticky notes on the mind, you know, the stuff that uh, all the honeydews that you have to do. But how to clear that out, how to open your heart and open your, your mind up a little bit, and then learn how to connect with the animals. Mm-hmm. And there were about uh, 12 people in the class, and all of us had four or five pictures of pets that we had in our lives, as well as there were some uh, dogs and cats in the house, uh, where the host house. And we basically centered ourselves, calmed ourselves, opened our mind, opened our hearts, and tried to connect with the animals. And little did I know that all the questions I asked – I started receiving information back, uh, usually in the form of, a, at that time, of a couple of words or a couple of pictures. Yeah, and I, cool. Yeah, and I'd write down this information. I'd share it back with the owner or the human companion, as I call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, yeah, everything was uh, 100% correct on every single question. Uh, it was answered and it was accurate. That's so. very
1: cool. I You talk about a few things that are really Uh, that ring true for me and resonate. And I do body work on humans and animals as well, but I started as a personal trainer. And one of the things I work with most with my humans is clearing the monkey mind. I call it the bully brain (laughs) (laughs) or the monkey mind. And you're talking about getting beneath all of the waves of the mind and getting into that stillness. And then you said talking opening your heart. I just find it fascinating that when we, get centered in spirit and in the heart how clear our intuition really does become And i'm curious you're saying that this experience is actually It's probably you're getting more clarity in the animal communication department and is do you think that's as you perfect your own inner stillness that you're being able to pick up on these things floating around out there
3: yeah i absolutely do believe so and i think it was presented to me at the right and perfect time you know i Mm -hmm. think that my My past life, my corporate life served me well. It taught me a lot of lessons. It taught me how to connect with people and how to run a business. But that part of my life was something that uh, was done. You know, I'd learned from that, and it was time to move on. And I didn't make a conscious decision to do that. But when the uh, gift presented itself to be able to connect with the animals, the rest of it opened up as well. So I have become much more uh, spiritually inclined. I'm a lot more centered and focused and calm uh, than I was in years past. And I know that's helped me connect with animals in a much deeper level where now I'm able to receive pictures and colors and feelings and words and emotions, all the sensations that that we go through as humans, our animals go through, and that's how what they share back with me.
1: Yeah, that's so cool, and I work a lot with dogs and horses, but I find dogs really are so eager to be heard and so eager to communicate, and you're – we all know that they're nonverbal, essentially. Most of the communication, even with humans, is nonverbal. It's just that we don't really pay attention to it. <laughs> do, you think, do you think anyone has this capacity to communicate like this remotely or telepathically?
3: Well, I think we're all born with the capability to do that. You know, When we're first born, when we're infants, of course, you know, we can cry and scream and coo and all the things that the wonderful little child does. But our true connection, our true connection, let's say, with our mother is that intuitive connection. You know we hear it time and time again that a mother has intuition, mother's intuition, and the mother knows when little Timmy is not feeling well or uh, needs something, and it's not always obvious to the outside person, but the mother gets that that gut feeling that that picture that image that those words she knows and when you ask her those things, she really can't explain it, but she has that connection and so I think we have to get to that that level again we have to get back up to that level again, unfortunately, you know by the time we're five, six years old. We're starting to grow out of it. We're taught our verbal you know, vocabulary. We're, we're in school. We're taught how to do certain things in a certain fashion that's acceptable to, today's, uh, you know, to society, and we tend to forget all about the intuitive and the telepathic connection that, that we have that the animals share every single day.
1: Yeah and it seems to me also that you know we start losing our own trust in our own intuition and our own faith in our own intuition. So as we become more trusting of ourselves. I mean animals are all about trust. Dogs are, you know, into trust and faith. They have complete faith in us generally if you're a good pet parent that they're going to you're going to provide for them and all that. So to connect on this level of trust is quite quite awesome. So thank you for doing that. I love that. Do you think that some animals are more, you know, easier to penetrate or are they giving you better signals? Are some of them shy and they're kind of blocked? Are some animals easier to talk to than others or communicate with?
3: Well, really, there is, but you know, it really has nothing to do with with breed or type of animal. It's Mm -hmm. based on the individual personality of that animal. So it's Mm -hmm. just like with humans, you know, certain personalities within humans are very uh, talkative, very flamboyant. They share with you a lot of feelings, colors, and emotions. Uh, And other ones are a little bit more subdued. They may only share a couple of different ways of communicating, or or they're a little bit, um, you know, they share their words less frequently. And it's the same thing with our animals. So it's each one's individual. Um, You know, great examples. I've got uh, two Schnauzers, uh, my boys, and love
1: uh, the Schnauzers,
3: yay! uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're, great, they're great, great, great boys. They, you know, they rescued us at the same time we rescued them, and um, right. you know they're brothers from the same litter. Uh, they look totally different. One is uh, sleek black with pointy ears, and the other one is a little more stout, gray with floppy ears. And in addition to how their looks are different, their personalities are totally different. They're like Velcro. They don't. One doesn't do one anything without the other. However, one is a little bit more cautious, a little bit more connected, warm, not less, not as vocal, not as um, scattered and fun loving. Where the other one is just the opposite. He he's a goofball. He loves to do everything in the world that there is. So. So it's here you have two schnauzers from the same litter and personalities are totally different.
1: That's amazing to me how we can have be in the same environment essentially and our perspectives are also unique. You know, that's really something to remember. I often talk about that I deal a lot with behavioral issues and I get called on I'm sure like you do to treat animals with behavioral issues and the hands-on work the reiki work is so important in that what's the most kind of frequent issue that you deal with when you're when you're asked to come work with dogs is it behavioral stuff generally <laughs>
3: Well, you know, it's a real host of everything. I mean, there there's sort of three facets of what I work with every day, whether it's in person or over the phone. And the three areas are uh, first of all that uh, a change, a change going on with an animal. It could be a behavior change, emotional change, mental change. It could be a physical change going on with an animal, and they're wanting to find out uh, what is happening. What they can do to help the animal out and what the animal needs to do to help themselves out. Nice. Uh, the second second aspect is dealing with lost animals. I do a lot of work with uh, lost animals, locating where lost animals are at, getting them to come back, uh, helping you to go to where they're at if they've uh, lost their way. And the third area deals with the, the whole transition process. Uh, nice. When you have an animal that is uh, sick or injured and is ready to make that to pass on to, to make that transition, um, how do you deal with that? How do you know when the, when the, it is that right and perfect time and the right things to do? And so I help people through that whole transition process with their pets and gain a better understanding of it.
1: Let me ask you one thing about that. You're talking about transition, and I know I was dealing with my Scotty Angus passed away about three and a half months ago, and I spent many moments during the end of his life in healing sessions with him where I was giving him permission to leave if he needed to because I often get the sense and I'm wondering if you feel the same that dogs think that that they need to stay here with us whether they're ready to go or not you know is part of your work with humans kind of teaching them how to let their pets go and move on
3: well, that's a big part of it. I mean, our, our animals will give us a clear indication when it's time. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it be a physical connection you have with them, you know, some, some physically you see and you know it's time, or whether it's something that you just have a, a, a gut feeling, an intuitive feeling, but. They will definitely let you know when it's time. The challenge is, do we recognize that and, and are we willing to put ourselves aside for the best interest of the animal to help them transition? And so often animals will, will hang on longer than what they would even like just because they want you to gain as much closure as possible before they move on.
1: Wow, there's, that's so great. So you get clear messages from the animals in the form of pictures and colors and… Even probably words. Now, how do you know, how do you communicate with them? Is it on intention? Do you speak to them out loud? Is it Reiki? Is it different for each animal? I would like you to kind of give the listeners and myself some insight into how you communicate with them.
3: Right. Well, you know, the best way to communicate with your animals is the same way that you communicate with everybody else in your household. And what I mean by that is uh, I speak to them both verbally as well as put that imagery out there and share with them my energy. So you know, a great example is when we say, uh, when we tell our animals as well as anybody else in our household uh, information, so we share with them how we're feeling and we're saying this verbally out loud, the animals understand what we're saying. But more importantly, they see the visualization that comes along With those words. And they're very visual creatures and they will see what you're trying to share with them. And then once we have spoken it, those words out loud, our energy goes up. We feel better about it. It's that Mm -hmm. old saying of, you know, let's talk about it, you'll feel better. You know, Mm -hmm. talk about it, get it off your chest, you'll feel better. Mm -hmm. And you actually do. So when you're explaining these things verbally with the animals, they understand it. They see the visualization behind it. And more importantly, they feel your energy go up and they respond accordingly.
1: Yay. Thank you for validating that I always say I talk to my two dogs like our children, which they are, <laughs> and I'm having full-on conversations with them. And it's funny. A lot of the pet parents I work with, they almost apologize that they talk to their animals. And it's like, no, it's they want you to communicate with them. You know, They, well, they, abs- have, they don't understand. It's like, yes, they do understand.
3: <laughs> they absolutely <laughs> do. Well, next time you see them, here, here's a great – if you're ready for a quiz, I know you weren't – didn't think you were going to school today. I am, but let, I am. I am. Great. I'm going to give you a little quiz, and this is something you can share with all your friends and listeners here too. But you know, as I said, they understand the words. They see the visualization. They feel your energy. So I'm going to give you two words, mm-hmm. and after I say these two words, you let me know if, A, you heard the words verbally, and, B, if you saw the words, if you saw the imagery behind it. Okay? Okay. All right. So the two words are orange ball. Orange ball. Okay. Now, the question is, did you hear the words orange ball? I did. Great. And did you see an orange ball or the words orange ball?
1: I actually saw a lot of different images when you said that. Okay. <laughs> I saw okay. Orange, I saw an orange, the color orange, and then when you said ball, it became an orange ball and also Thanks. lots of other balls
3: exactly so you saw the word you heard the words and you saw the words that I was putting out there I did. now perhaps I was trying to visualize in my mind a orange golf ball and maybe you saw a you know a tennis ball or the, a physical orange the fruit something of this sort so we had to go back and maybe repeat that process again so they get a clear picture and I that's see. what we're saying the animals pick up on that and the clearer we are that with the imagery the more they'll pick up on it
1: cool okay well We have to take a break real quick, but we're going to come right back and talk to you some more about some of the problems that we can help with this, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about Reiki, and of course, I have to talk about nutrition. So (laughs) don't go away, anyone. We'll be right back with Tim Link, the animal communicator, here on Win With Dogs. Hang tight. Mm Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to win with dogs right after this quick water break.
0: Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about.
4: Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he invented an application for the iPhone it claims it can read your dog's mind huh? no it's true I read about it on my cat's twitter page that's
0: Jay Leno talked about it CBS reported on it and now you can see what all the buzz is about created just for dog lovers Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun shake your dog and read his mind <laughs> on your iPhone of course
2: Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters. Ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal
1: angels, and animals in religion. With a little cryptozoology thrown in.
2: Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt. Every week on demand, only
3: on PetLifeRadio.com.
0: Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Pet
1: Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win with Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn on Pet Life Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for hanging tight. We're talking with Tim Link, author, speaker, animal communicator. Thank you, Tim, for holding on, and thank you, listeners, for holding on. Before we go any further, I want you all to know if you're at all intrigued about animal communication or some of the experiences that Tim has encountered while doing this, please go to his website, which is wwwwagging tailscom or you can pick up his book where he has all of these stories laid out that we're kind of briefly touching on. So... Everyone, go listen. It's great. Okay, so I told you before I wanted to talk about some of the problems that maybe you can rectify with animals. And then I was thinking, well, that's probably all of them. So (laughs) (laughs) it's probably every problem they have. We just want to be heard. But, you know, you're saying change. So if you all out there are seeing a change in your pet, like physically, maybe they're, you know, changing their temperament or their diet or their physical bodies look different. Definitely an animal communicator could help you or if you have a lost animal or if you have or are in the process of dealing with a pet trying to transition, um, please get in touch with an animal communicator because, Tim, I'm sure you've had tons of kudos from the people you've worked with that I'm sure most people are not really up on animal communication and maybe even think it's a bit you know, out of their ballpark, but have you always had positive responses I assume when you work with someone.
3: We've always had positive responses once I've worked with someone now perhaps the people that aren't familiar with animal communication or, or, or uh, don't view it as a traditional method of, of helping your animals um, are a little bit skeptical or a little bit unsure about it but always once they, they've they worked with me and understand what I'm doing uh, it always turns out to be a positive uh, situation and what, we're, what I'm basically trying to do here is, you know, is I'm giving the animals a voice So I'm really here to give the animals a voice and help you build that best relationship and best understanding possible between you and the animals. And once we receive the information back from the animals based on the questions that you have – we also then consult on it. You know, we decide, okay, what does that mean, and what we do, we need to do. What do I need to share back with your animal to have them help out with the situation and correct uh, the problem if there is a problem, or correct the situation? And what in return do you need to do to help the situation out? And once we're said and done, hopefully we've got a good game plan in place. We've talked it all out, and and uh, we're in good shape. And so a lot of the things you'll see on the website, the testimonials, as well as the endorsements on the book, as have been pretty amazing.
1: That's so cool. I so appreciate what you're doing. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I think we are turning a corner. We are getting more comfortable with things that we cannot see. And I think we're starting to realize how much we can learn from animals. So this is just another tool. I always say get all the tools in your tool belt to help you. And if this is resonating with any listeners out there, please seek out info. Go on waggingtails.com. Tim Link is his name. There's a lot of other animal communicators out there. There might be even some in your area, so check it out. Tim, on nutrition, you know, one of my main things being that I was in fitness for so long is, one of my main soapbox issues is nutrition. How nutrition has such an impact on the nervous system, cellular functioning, memory of the cell, all that stuff. What would you, uh, I see that you have some ideas on proper nutrition for your pet. What has been your experience for the best nutrition for the animals out there
3: right well when you're talking about all animals and if we're dealing with uh, dogs you know in a specific situation is you you want to put into their bodies exactly what you would put into your bodies and what exactly. i mean by that is you know the more wholesome nutrition organic vegetables and meats and, and proteins that you put into your body the better you feel the more you're able to accomplish and that's the same thing with our animals so one sort of key that guide that i use is um when you're trying to select What is best for your pet? And you're looking at the back of the ingredients on the – where's the the kibble or on the can. You want to look at the first four or five ingredients on there and see if these are things you would eat you know, you don't want things that are byproducts and you don't want things that are excessive meals and fillers and things you don't even recognize. You want it to say your first source being a protein base, whether yeah. it would be, you know, bison or veal or, or lamb, salmon, trout, these things, good things that are in their system. Chicken is is okay and poultry is okay, but I, I try to steer away from because there's some food allergens triggered with that as well that, that I'll address here in a moment. But whole protein bases and then you want to yeah. take a look at what other kind of whole vegetables are in there you know if it, it includes things like um, sweet potatoes is a great one brown rice all these things that you know blueberries some of you started putting some fruits in there into the package so you want to look at those first four or five ingredients on there and say you know what if i sit down and had dinner tonight th- these are some of the things that i would eat
1: yeah, and I actually am fanatical, or have been told, <laughs> I'm not, that's not coming from my mouth, <laughs> on the fanatical end, that we cook for our dogs, and we cook organic meats and spinach and blueberries and brown rice and all kinds of things, and the look that I get from people when I suggest this to them is just like they're dumbfounded, and I'm saying, well, why is it so shocking to you? And they—they're usually the initial response is that they don't even treat their own bodies that well. So why would they do that for their dog? And I'm thinking, well, here lies the problem.
3: That's right. Here's another lesson your dog has taught you.
1: I know. Here lies the problem. (laughs) So I want to just go on record as saying that, yes, there's some good packaged foods out there, but if you can throw in a good home-cooked meal every once in a while, I mean, that's, There's just nothing like bioavailable nutrients and sometimes being packaged, we lose some of that bioavailability. So if you all can cook, go for it.
3: You know, and that's the key thing behind it. When you look at it from a, a pure health standpoint, if you cook the food yourself and prepare it, first of all, you can prepare it in large batches, so you can keep yeah. enough in there for the week or for several days yeah. and freeze the rest. Totally. Uh, economically, long term, it's probably going to be more financially save you some money, basically. It by totally is.
1: Month. I mean, you get a dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine a pound meat. I mean, a can of dog food is five dollars and it's not even close you know of the good dog food or three but it's not even close so you're right you're totally right it evens out
3: yeah, it does even now. And, and the key thing is, is if you don't want to put the commitment into cooking the food yourself and maybe there's some time restraints, things of this sort that you, you just don't want to uh, aren't able to do or don't want to do, you can still supplement their diet by putting whole yeah. vegetables in there, so things like you know green beans, squash, uh, brock rounds, carrots, all yeah. these wonderful things you can put in there. Uh, another thing you know that I have learned, and I sort of learned this the hard way with our schnauzers. One of our schnauzers early on, when he was a pup, he developed some chewing gum seizures. Now, these are just little mini seizures where his teeth chatter. It's sort of like being out in the cold too long. Your teeth will chatter, and these seizures would develop. And we went to the vet and we tried to figure it out, and nothing seemed to work. And finally, it came to me that, you know, hey, I wonder if this is an environmental or more importantly, a food based allergen that's triggering the seizure. So we did a simple blood test. They send it off for processing. It's a, a quick little uh, allergy test where they test for food and environmental allergens that they're allergic to, just like they would in humans. Mm-hmm. And you get the test results back, and it shows you what they are definitely allergic to, what's marginal, and what is okay, Whatever what would be great for their system. And the in- most interesting thing came out of this. Uh, the food that we were giving them at the time was based on chicken and based on white rice, Mm-hmm. And even when they got he got these seizures, and it you know, was followed up by some uh, some vomiting. Our veterinarian said, "Well, give him something plain like chicken, boiled chicken, <laughs> white rice," right. and it made it worse. And sure enough, we get the results back, and the two things he's most allergic to are chicken and oh, white rice. Yes,
1: buddy. and see, and you're talking about you had to learn the hard way, and that's another thing I think as animal pet parents, animal parents, is that. We can't beat ourselves up for not knowing. You know, it's like you just get that info and now you correct. You correct your behavior from that point. (laughs) You know, so don't be too hard on yourselves out there. If you're listening and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I do all these things and it's all wrong. So, no, we're just learning as we go. (laughs) We're all learning as we go. Well, great. So, allergies are typically nutrition. We know this. So, that is a great thing. Let me ask you, where did you you find the uh, place to send the blood? Work and get them checked. Was it through your vet?
3: It was through the veterinarian, and most of them know some resources. There's various ones throughout the U.S., and it's a it's a real simple process, fairly inexpensive. Long term, it's definitely less expensive than you would uh, have to deal with if your animal continued to get sick. Yeah, you know, it really was one of those things that that it came across my mind. I wasn't listening close enough to my pets. Mm -hmm. Once he told me what was going on, I then. Acted accordingly, and we found out what the problem is. So it's uh, it's definitely something. If your animals having some issues, uh, take a look at the nutrition, and maybe get an allergy test to see what's going on.
1: Definitely. Does do you think once the nutrition gets fixed, is some kind of you know separation anxiety? I often wonder is just nerviness, a lot of yeah. nerviness.
3: Well, I think there's a, a nutrition, proper nutrition in their diet and proper exercise, both physical and mental exercise, is very important. And if you keep these things at the top of your list and do uh, do a good job with them, then you're going to have less issues with your animal. Now, you know when we're talking about dogs and anxiety, in the book, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail, not only are there 32 stories of animals that I've worked with that have had a whole – you know all kinds of different issues question you know different things going on with them but more importantly we put 24 helpful hints in there little tips things that you need to know today to have that best relationship possible and the best understanding possible of your pet and one of the, the little tips we put in there is how do we deal with anxiety when we leave the house how do we deal with an anxious animal and we see that a lot with our dogs uh-huh. And, you know, you need to l- look at the book, read the book more for that helpful hint. But Definitely. but in a nutshell, you know, if you're talking to your pets and you're letting them know where you're going and you let them know when you'll be back and you let them know uh, what they need to do while you're gone, give them a little job to do, they're going to be a lot less anxious when you come home. and are so wonderful funny.
1: Stories. You're so dead on because my Bichon, Jake, is – He was the baby, and then Angus died, and now he is not the baby. (laughs) Regal, our beagle, is. Ever since we got Regal, Jake's separation anxiety has definitely decreased. And it's so funny you said that because that's exactly what we did. We say, we'll be right back, and you watch the baby while we're gone. (laughs) And so he has this sense of needing to maintain composure. He's in charge now. He can't be too freaked out. And I really think you're right. I think that little conversation turned it all around and having the little guy around.
3: Absolutely. We've got some wonderful stories in the book, Wagging Tales everyone wants to tell, that deals exactly like with that situation. And they're they're quite comical, but when you think about it when it's all said and done, you're like, Well, you know what, that makes sense. And and they do It does make
1: sense. It does make sense. And you make perfect sense to me. I hope all the listeners also are getting something out of this and if it's new if it's a new topic to everyone, anyone listening, please open your hearts, open your mind and check it out. Tim, you take the lead and tell them where to go.
3: What's on the website of that? Yeah, that's, plug it. sure. <laughs> yeah, the best way to find out about me and find out about wagging tails and and animal communication in general is go to my website. The website is wagging-tails.com. That's W-A-G-G-I-N-G. And on there, you're going to find out a little bit more about what is uh, animal communications, what is Reiki energy healing for animals. We have all kinds of helpful uh, hints and tips on there. You can sign up for a private consultation. I do about 95% of my consultations over the phone so we can set up a private consultation to find out what's going on with your your animals and you can also sign up for my free e-newsletter. We put out a, a newsletter the first of every month. We archive most of them on the website so you can get a look at what their uh, some of the past topics have been, but we put it out the first of every month. It's absolutely free and not only does it keep you abreast on what's going on with me, what's going on with the book, wagging tails, every animal has a Tell, but more importantly we put little helpful hints, little tips in every single uh, issue you. And this month's uh tip is how do you introduce a new pet into the household. So well,
1: cool. it's, it's, it's I will stuff. definitely yeah, I will definitely have to look. I love your website. I have been scanning it off and on. Once I realized you were on the show, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I haven't found this. So everyone go out there. If you if you want more information, you can email me, Raquel at Pet Life Radio. We are gonna have all these links on our website. So feel free to check it out. Go get Tim's book. And Tim, I thank you so much. We're out of time. I mean, gosh, we barely scratched the surface. Thank you so much for being with me and shedding some light on your life and what you do.
3: My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Okay, well, we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. And remember, we are only as good as how we treat our pets. So go get the information and knowledge you need. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, all the listeners. Remember, Go out and win with dogs. Thanks, guys. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs.